listeners, how do you do? This is my podcast and it's just for you. It's called TED Talks and it's a load of shite. But I hope you enjoy it because I've kept it like It's about an hour long and all about T-Side, the people, the places and the Borough Pride. Welcome to Ted Talks, the Ted Hunky Podcast. It's proper class, it'll bang your lass, it'll even tickle her ass. Little song there I'm working on, Mala. You like that? It sounds class, that like. Might uh, might get in the charts. <laughs> well, I don't think you would nowadays. Not we're talking about tapping people's lasses and that. Yeah. Not to talk about anything you, nowadays. You can't do anything in the charts these days, can you, Mella? You know what I mean? Katie Perry can talk about kissing girls and liking it, but I can't talk about fingering in well, a song. I, that that girl, Rihanna, can talk about blokes' cocks being big enough and that, but you're not allowed to talk about anything over, are you? Is that what that Umbrella song's about? Well, I, because, no, that was about getting tested for STIs. Was well, it? Well, I get that. How do you know? Are you still getting Smash It's magazine? How do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an STI magazine that I get. It's called Smashing Tits. <laughs> Smashing Tits internally. Well, I, and it talks about, like, when you get the umbrella put down your Jap's eye. Ah, is that what it is? Well, I, that's... I've had with, that. Yeah, well, I... It was, uh, it was in Clark's, the uh, show shop. It's went with an umbrella, you just forced it down my foreskin. We're going off track here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 103 of Ted Talks, the Ted Anki podcast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the earlier 102 episodes, uh, or even if you just listened to the previous two episodes, that's good enough, because th- there's no narrative. They're different every week. You could start whenever you wanted, so don't worry about it. Well, I except you missed, like, the brilliant things that we did for the past 102 that were still class. Yeah, yeah, but this week is going to be a beauty, Mallet. I can feel it in my gonads. Are you, Ted, can I just start oh, no, with something? that's a lump. What, yeah? Yeah, fuck Brian, Professor Cox, you knobhead. Oh, yeah, Brian Cox is at the Globe tonight in Stockton, and he's looking at the stars and thinking, hey, that one over there is quite nice. Yeah, well, I, well, I'm telling you now, right, that lad, he says he's a professor, right, me and him were having a chat in Howdy's, like, just before I come in, and he was in there, right, and he was ordering some chicken, and I went up, and I went, yeah, like, are you a professor and that? And he went, yeah, I'm telling you about the stars, and I said, the world's flat, and he went, I doubt it, and I've just had a big scrap with him. So he can fuck off. Oh, he's rock hard though, Coxie, well, isn't he? Well, he knocked us out. <laughs> he went, ah, you can see stars now, can't you, Mala? Don't know why he talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a twat. And uh, the parking in Stockton's terrible when there's something on at the Globe. You know, I'm not for it anymore. Me, I don't care about culture. I want parking spaces. Well, yeah, I've actually been liking it because... You know me, I do my like the window cleaning round and I was stood there and everyone was coming in and I was just like mopping them and squeegeeing it all. And they were like, go away, I'm not paying you any money. I was like, don't it, I'm going to let your tyres down. So I've made 11 quid. Yeah, if, if Mala does approach you at a traffic light or, um, I don't know, for example, a supermarket car park and starts squidging all over your window screen, <laughs> um, if you don't pay him, he will then get his cock and balls out on front of the car and he will leave a mess on the windscreen uh, well, so. like, but only the first two though because I've run out after that so. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even do one me mine too bloody hell uh, right we've got some fantastic news stories coming up to talk about and interesting topics of discussion but I do like to stop it with a little jingle <laughs> No, 
that was a jingle there. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just, it's a, that's what the professional podcasters do, don't they? They put like indents in uh, and I'm hoping then somebody will then automatically insert adverts and pay me for advertising on the podcast. But they never do. Yeah, I'll pay you 11 quid for me squeegee business. <laughs> Mala, oh, listen, Mala, you've been, uh, I understand you've been doing a series of uh, online videos, haven't you, at the minute, um, where you've been educating the um, the sort of people of Facebook and places like that to be aware of incorrect news stories on, on places like Lad Bible, Unilad, The Hook, It's Gone Viral. You know them shite things like that? What was it, what was it well, called I, again? Right, I was employed to do that, yeah. right, and it's called Clickbait. Clickbait, and, yeah. Well, I, well, I, hey, but Ted, I was only doing that, right, because remember when you did that one where <laughs> it was about, like, how to avoid nonsense and that? And yeah. Or, like, like, stuff like, like, if you were going to give stuff to kids and copies and cars and yeah. sweets and that. Do you remember yeah. when you did that one? Yeah, yeah. Remember what was that called? A jailbait. <laughs> <laughs> it was very similar to the one you did, except I was warning them about proper bad things. I where thought it was like an educational thing where you were telling people how to get kids. No, no, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't coaching. No, right, you know, sorry. Uh, my coaching days are gone. Uh, no, it was warning. <laughs> it was warning them of the perils of uh, you know gentlemen hanging around schools with big mustaches, reflective glasses, puppies in the car. Um, you know, share a bit. Well, I think stuff. you need to redo it because I haven't bought a pack of midget gems since. <laughs> and is midget gems, is that an offensive term now? I tell you now, right, I'm surprised I'm still here because everyone's cancelled nowadays, aren't they? Yeah. I know Jimmy Carr, don't like you anyway, mate, but he's getting cancelled, isn't he? Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about that horrendous joke he did, but uh, you're but right. If you want to listen to the worst ones, go for 102 episodes that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we're not even up to the level to even be accredited, never mind cancelled. So how can you cancel something that's already shite? You know? <laughs> you know what that's mean? what it is. We're underground cancelled. We are, Do you know yeah. what I mean? We, we, are, we are like Fight Club, aren't we? We're an underground secret podcast that nobody knows about. Or talks about TED Talks. <laughs> oh, listen. Yeah. Well, I Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, you know, I think, um, we, 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 you know, that um, online... Uh, streaming service on the tools as well. Have you seen it? <laughs> Is that a porn one? No, no, no. It's like it's a load of brickies and uh, a load of like wallpapers and stuff like that. It's just false as fuck. Like they just get actors to pretend to be them. Well, they've offered us to do one about your pack lunch as well. And they just wanted to call that one bait. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's a council estate name for your pack lunch, bait. Well, I, um, oh, I never used to take pack lunches when I went to school because I got free school dinners. No wrong with that. No. But I'm telling you now, I used to laugh at everyone with a crap sandwich when I was eating fish and chips every day. Well, I'll tell you the story about free school dinners. When I was at school, there was a scruffy lad in the class. Um, I think he might be um, dead now. Um, but uh, he just, he got free school dinners, but he, he would never eat them. So um, I used to take his free school dinners off him. So I'd go twice. 
Well, I thought you were talking about that fat lad who used to eat free school dinners. You know, like three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just yeah. them all. That was me. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> yeah. I was known as Fat Theodore back then. <laughs> fat Theodore. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Right. Well, I think we'll um, we'll explore a new story, Mallet. Uh, and we always like to scour the internet and all the tabloids and broadsheets. And we always end up on our favourite Teesside Lies. Teesside uh, Lies. Teesside Lies. Sorry, uh, and I found a cracking news story, Mallet. And I think I, I looked at some of the pictures in the gallery, and I'm sure you're in the crowd here. And it's from the Globe back, you know, the Globe, the big ticket in Stockton, where Brian Cox is there this week, and Meatloaf's tribute was there the week before. Well, he's he's timed his act well, hasn't he? Fucking right, <laughs> has he? Yeah, yeah. I bet he's absolutely. You know, what? Look at oh yeah, back out of hell or something like that. Well, <laughs> Meatloaf dressed as a devil. He's done well there. Like, do you reckon he like just looks on who's going to die next as a celebrity and decides to do a turn as him? Could be, yeah, do you know what I mean? yeah. I'm doing my one man David Attenborough show soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here lies the pomegranate. Um, <clears throat> that's it, really. Uh, yeah. So back in 1965, it was when the Rolling Stones played at the Globe, right? But the funny news story is <laughs> Mick Jagger was nearly blinded by thugs throwing objects at him on the stage. So there was even riffraff in Stockton back in the 60s. Well, I, right, and I'm telling you what, right, I know a little bit about this incident, right? Back in the day, you know, Peacock's, that clothes shop. Oh, yeah. Right, that was just starting out and it was branching and its first one was in Stockton High Street, right? And Mick Jagger went in there on the morning before he played and he went well I am looking for you do the voice tech because it's better than me yeah my name's Mick Jagger yeah yeah right and that's what he said and they went yeah alright did he do that as well he did he did and that was a good move but you can't see it in the podcast yeah but right and then he went yeah I'm looking for some jeans but they need to be stretchy and I and the stock like the lad that was working behind there in that peacocks in 65 went yeah I doubt it. There's only we've got leggings and only lasses wear leggings, so you won't be wearing them because it's 1965 in Stockton and that means lads can't wear leggings. Yeah. And I think Jagger, I only think he purchased some. Oh, he went, he, he here, went here, here, I'm having them leggings, mate. Give them out for here. Well, I, right, and he went here, I'll sell you them, mind, but you better not be wearing them. Anyway, that night... Right, the crowd was was being for a bit of Jagger. They're all out there, Jagger, 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 and the lad, the the own Peacock's mind, he was at the front with loads of other burly lads waiting for the stones to come on. Right, and all of a sudden, Jagger only appeared in leggings, didn't he? Wow! Oh yeah, there was uproar. They were kicking off, man. They were throwing stuff everywhere. Wow. Do you know what, right? This, this could correlate quite nicely with the story. I'll read some of the quotes here, what uh, uh, Jagger uh, has said about it. Um, he, he gave this to uh, a chap called um, Ian Wright, believe it or not, not the footballer, uh, and, uh, but he wrote a book about it. He was a photographer, and um, he said that... Um, it, 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 it was wild, more menacing atmosphere than I'd experienced before. I don't know why he's talking like, like that now. Yeah, isn't that your lad off some of us do have it? <laughs> <laughs> he continued on to say the day of murder. No, I'll read it in my normal voice now, right? He continued on to say that uh, when they emerged on the stage, they noticed a group of around 20 teddy boys. Right, I, might, I think if our dad was one of them, the peacock lads, the peacock yeah, lads uh, in the centre of the lower circle, which he immediately knew was on. Unusual. I don't know why. Maybe Tom Jones told him that. Um, 
And as soon as Jagger appeared, there was a loud booing and hissing. Weren't happy about the leggings, mind, yeah. right? These yobs were turning up the ante. Security could not get them uh, as they were in the middle and things were getting out of hand and many of the girls looked terrified. I don't know whether that's because of the leggings again or because of the teddy boys, but this is the best thing. You know, like when we go to event gigs and stuff like now and they'll take your glasses off you and give you a plaggy glass because they don't want you to fling a glass or a bottle, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Next thing, a nine-inch spanner weird above my head, <laughs> bounced off the metal covering, the floodlights, and clattered into Charlie Watts' drum kit. Then I saw Jagger in a spin-like jump. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he finished with his back to the audience, carrying on singing while fumbling in his, tr- in his trouser pocket leggings. Leggings. Yeah. Leg. He turned, facing the audience. I could see he was bleeding profusely from a cut over his right eye. Blood was dripping onto his shirt and pants. No one, least of all Jagger knew what had happened at the end of the number management closed the curtains well, so if you were the person who threw that rather obtuse spanner at Jagger's head please contact the show because um, otherwise we won't get any satisfaction about 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 that have I stole a joke from you there man? Well, I, he looked dead disappointed well, I when I said that <laughs> and Peacock to this day if you go in there looking for good clothes you won't get any satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> oh and the might say hey you get off of my till <laughs> well yeah what were they doing with the spanner in there though mate, Class. For, mate, he must have pissed off maybe a lighting technician or something like that do you know what I mean maybe he wanted them leggings well um, but do you know how much a ticket cost back then Thrubbins. 62 and a half pence well, I right, no, that's class. But I try and pay half pence all the time. The one I've none of it, you know. I've sold loads in half. I know you did, yeah. Well, I have my own price and You know you, what I mean? You've got a twenty-five pence piece as well, haven't you? There's no way Snickers is eighty-nine pence. I'd say it's, 80, it's eighty-seven and a half if it's anything. Don't get me started on Freddo's fucking hell. Uh, but that's a very interesting. You know, for once, Teesside lies. You've produced a rather interesting news story there, rather than drug gang caught putting poppers up their ass into prison well I if you have actually produced that story we'll have to find out of Mick Jagger and until we do it's still a lie well I'm going to credit Ruby Penson there who was the nostalgia reporter thank you very much for producing good journalism for once in Teesside Live yeah hey Mala it's got to be time for Mala's most months hasn't it well I here we go then. Malice Yeah, Ted, right? Yeah. You know us, we are Teesside, we are proud, aren't we? We are. Right, and we're class, right? And my mostment this week can only go to most of the country that we're supporting Man United on Friday night. Fuck off. Ah, <laughs> ah Bulchy, Adjibor. Ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> What I've been mostly thinking about, right, is how we, I didn't go ah. <laughs> I didn't go to that match, right, because I don't go away, because I'm a scruffy get. Right, but... And there's some wrong-ins after you in Manchester. <laughs> well, uh, you well, like, those well, dodgy like. Gazarip shell suits you sold in the uh, 90s. Absolutely. That's why you stick well away from, like, the whole northwest. Right, but, right, I was li- watching it on telly, right, and you know what I was really annoyed about is how all of the commentators were just on about your 
United all the time. Like, oh, Brave United fighting against Scruffy Borough. Oh, look at this. United should be winning 10-0 at halftime. Yeah, maybe they should have, but they weren't. And you were like, hey, United are going to come out and do... Hey, yeah, that was a handball by what more? It might have been, but it wasn't, was it? Because it was the illegal. rules. one. Think about the rules, right? And everybody in the country afterwards was just talking about Man United. Hey, yeah, listen, we got through. We're through to the fifth round, so fuck off. We don't care. We are, but we are proud. We're not having it anymore. We're sick of all of yous, right? I don't care. Right, we play Tottenham and we get thrashed, right? You'll all be talking how good Tottenham we beat Tottenham you'll still be talking about how crap Tottenham were but you never talk about the butter hey, yeah, I hope we get in the Premier League I hope Derby go bust and I hope Steve Gibson has a big shit on the FA's door hey, yeah, well that's my, mostly my moments well that was Maller's Morsement there which I might correct to Maller's Mournment <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was it was a worthy one and you know I tell you what I've not had a twinge in my underpants for many a year after, until that result came in, I was proper buzzing. You know what I mean? Dial, dial fry. You know, I, I'll, I'll proper bum him now. Right, Paul Pogba gets paid more a week in wages than the whole Borough squad put together. That's well, yeah. Paul Pogba's ear jewellery is worth than more than all of the Middlesbrough footballers' cars put well, together, nah. and that includes that includes Duncan Watmore's. Uh, What's he got again? He's got a Nissan Juke, hasn't he, or but something? Like, yeah, yes, he does. Yeah, what more's Juke? Uh, that also includes Marco Bola. <laughs> Marco Marco Bola, who drives a Vauxhall Nova yeah. at a spot though. He's had it souped up. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ted right. I know we've finished Mallers moments now, yeah. right? But how oh, scruffy United, how oh, dare you, right? Half the boys and girls left Teesside, didn't they? Rushed from work, because everyone works in Teesside, obviously, right? And we rushed over to go watch the match. No one had had the tea. They got in and we were making too much noise from the first half. We went, hey, we'll quiet them down. And then they put out the announcement, there's no food or drink to be sold at half-time. Hey, are you having a laugh? Right, there was some of my mates and my, like my brother and his son, they didn't even get anything to eat until one o'clock in the morning. That's you're having so a laugh. Awful. Champions League, you're having a laugh. You can't even do a cafe, right, you mungs? Yeah, you scruffy mank bellwiffs. Yeah. Uh, well, I. I do apologise to any of our mank uh, listeners who do enjoy the show. You're still welcome to listen to it, but if you support Man United, you're a dick. Um, <laughs> simple as that, really. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, did you notice any? Uh, we've had some, we've had a bit of uproar following last week's show. Did you have you had any squeezy boy complaints? Well, you, I know you have, Ted. Well, yeah. I, no, no. <laughs> I've had a I've had a I've had a message come through from one who I think may be one of the founding members of the Squeezy Boys, um, and it's it's quite a worrying message. I think I should uh, I think I should read it you know, out. We're on the tail. Um, I'm going to keep his identity um, anonymous. Um, Let's so, just call him GP. Yeah, we'll call him GP, uh, Graham Putton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Patton, really. Like, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> uh, he said, uh, Ted, tell Maller I have a confession to make. 
I've been a squeezy boy once this season on Boxing Day against Forest. Well, it was it was me mate as we were both got through a turnstile together with me season ticket. We're both on the average size, shall we say? Um, you know how we never got stuck. I'll never know. He did buy me five pints and a couple of sambukas though that night, so I would be prepared to do it again. But I'm not prepared to come on for an interview though without legal representation. Well, yeah, um, right, squeezy boys, we're on to right, and when the full invest- Investigation lands because Teddy's going to do one, yeah. and it's going to be, do you know, like the McIntyre investigate years ago. That's how you're doing it, Teddy's it? I'm going. I might. I might do. I might do it a bit more like Louis Theroux. You know, I might. I might go up to the squeeze. Yeah, I might go up squeezing. Goes. You know, d- does that make you uncomfortable? You know, me squeezing through behind you. Are you uncomfortable with that? Feeling do you think another, that's right? Feeling another bloke's wanging your back. Do you like that? <laughs> do you do you feel like you should be able to sing the songs in the stadium when you've not paid to enter? Yeah, well, like, yeah, well, whoever that, whoever that random guy was that rang in, you know, GP. Yeah. Right. Uh, listen, Gordon Putton. Putton. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. Listen, right. We we know the squeezy boys, and we know you're there. We know you're in action, but we are coming for you because we just don't want to pay, have it, do we? Ted? So oh, God, basically, we, we want to join the squeezy boys. We, can we? Can we? Can we get a four way going? That's what we're saying. A really. Four way squeezy. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, reminds me of my sister. Yeah, that would be good. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mala, there's been a, a really, really important news story in the news this week. Um, and being the, um, you know, on it journalistic reporter that I am, I've, uh, I've, I've landed us a scoop, a scoop interview. Are you class? Who was it? Yeah, well, you, did you see in the news that um, Zuma, the West Ham player, has been has kicked his cat and it's been videoed, and he's in a lot. <laughs> he's in a lot of trouble for you it. You so. can't be kicking cats. What are you doing? I don't know. So I've lined up an interview. Class, yeah, get him on and we'll torture him. Yeah, no, it's with the cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've managed to get hold of the cat and I've done an interview with Zuma's cat. Uh, so here it is. I've recorded it and uh, this is for the lovely listeners here Hello and welcome to uh, TED Talks, I'm here with uh, Kurt Zuma's cat uh, Slater, is it Slater, cat, cat Slater. It's Cat Slater, darling. <laughs> very, very confident. Uh, I was going to say pussy there, but cat. We don't want to get confusing. Um, thank you very much for doing this interview. How are you feeling after you got kicked in the guts? Well, I'm a little bit bruised because he is a fucking knobhead uh, and he shouldn't have been kicking pussy. I mean, who goes around kicking a pussy? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, licking is... Does he lick? Does he ever give you a little lick? Only he used to lick me when it was that uh, he was at the cream, you know, when he was at Chelsea. But yeah. now he's gone all East London. He thinks he's a bit Phil Mitchell, doesn't he? <laughs> he's, he's, um, I mean, so I take it 
Kurt found you when he was in his Chelsea days and um, and now he's took you to when he's moved to West Ham. Um, has anything changed in your lifestyle? Well, you know, it's not as nice in West Ham as it was was in Chelsea. You know, there was a lot better, better clientele in Chelsea and I used to just sit in his lap and he used to stroke me. But now he's getting all so awful. He spent a lot of time at the pub. <laughs> he's say Kurt oh. Zuma there. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the video where he give you a little hoof and he's got some incredible tight jeggings on it doesn't look good well them jeggings you see I think that's the problem Prince I think there's a lot of problem with people wearing jeggings I think yeah. it incites violence uh, yeah I think you're I mean he might have got them from peacocks I've heard rumours um, so um, what's what's the plan of action going forward now because I, I understand that the police aren't going to prosecute him um, are you a forgiven pussy I'm always a forgiven pussy. And I was thinking that there was a lovely little fish and chip shop rang by a lovely guy called Ian Beale across the road. I might go over there, but I think I might be moving in with somebody else. <laughs> oh, so um, you're thinking now, Kurt's had his moment, he's disrespected you, he's taken advantage. Nobody deserves domestic violence against a pussy cat, and you're going to leave him. I am going to leave him. And like a good old, you know, East End villain and a gangster mole that I am, I'm only going to move in with someone that he loves and he loves me as well and he loves feeling my pussy. It's only Mark Noble. It's time for the horny Hispanic disco devil, Randy Diablo, with a Valentine special of love tips. Hola, this is me, Randy Diablo. Thank you very much for joining me once more for my love tips. Over the past few weeks, I taught you the ways of the woman and also how to entice the man as well. This week is my Valentine's special. It is coming to February the 14th. Perhaps you are listening to this after it. Hopefully, you will have got some nice and romantic sexy time with your partner and lover. These are my tips of how to make it a very successful Valentine's Day this year. See? Okay. Cards and gifts. There's just materialistic bullshit. I often find, you know, if you are on the app Snapchat, it is often more romantic to send your partner a cheeky Valentine's picture of your penis or vagina. They will appreciate that much more. You know, think, they are sat at work in a work meeting and their phone vibrates in the pocket, and they take it out, and have a little look, and there it is, your Valentine snapper, staring right at them. That would cheer me up for sure, so do remember that. Okay, secondly, if you do decide to go along the route of the gifts, 
Forget the fucking flowers, you know. They don't last. They make your kitchen stink of pee. Don't be buying the flowers. Get some nice chocolate for the lady or the guy, you know. Now, I'm not talking like a Cabri's cream egg or, or even, uh, you know, a caramac bar or anything shit like that. And stay away from the dairy milk. It's very obvious, you know, you have bought that from uh, the B&M Home Bargains or somewhere shit like that, you know. Go for a real smooth, dark chocolate, essential chocolate. One that you could maybe melt later on and lick off each other's nipples, you know. So make sure it is a good quality chocolate. Um, chocolate is always the way to a man and a lady's heart and, you know, in, in often, you know, it can lead to you, you know, smothering it all over the ball bag or the miff. Now you got to go out for the night out, the date, you know. Don't be going to the pictures, the cinemas, you know, it's pointless. You know, you sit there next to each other, eating a popcorn, watching a shit movie. You know, the only benefit of going to the pictures is if you go and see a film that no one else is in there and she can pipe you off in the dark or you can have a little finger. You know, so don't even bother with the pictures, okay? My advice is you go to a nice restaurant, okay? Now, I'm not talking like you're taking her to the takeaway shop, you know, for a parmesan or a kebab, you know, I'm talking like fine Mediterranean food, see? So you take her out for a nice steak, a paella, something nice, have some oysters, you know, you get the, uh, you get the aphrodisia going. It all works well for later on, trust me. A nice bottle of Rioja, red Rioja, you know. You drink a lot of this, you know, you both lose your inhibitions. She might take her shoe off under the table and rub a big toe all over your nutsack. That is good. You can do the same to her, but be very mindful of having sharp toenails. You do not want to pierce the labia with your crusty toenails, uh, no. You are home, you are back in the house with your date or your partner or you're a bit on the side if you are a bit of a player like me. You put on some nice music as we've established in earlier episodes, you know, a bit of Carlos Santana, you know, some some nice funky disco jazz that always works well for me. Um, you know, get down on it if you really want it. That type of stuff, that works well. Uh, you're, you're planting the seed into the mind. You know, you're telling us to get down on your cock. Simple. Play that song. Everyone loves a bit of fucking cool in the gang, for sure. Okay. You're moving, you're losing your inhibitions even more at home, you're drinking more wine, you know. You might have some fresh olives or grapes or maybe a cheese board, you know. And then, don't even, don't even think about trying to say, come on, let's go upstairs and have a roll around on the bed. Don't do it. You need to seduce her there and then, maybe in front of an open fire, you know, maybe across a Chesterfield armchair. And you want to be bending her over that Chesterfield armchair. She wants to be riding you. Ladies, if you're listening to this, a man would never refuse a gobble if you are going to go down and he sat in a Chesterfield armchair holding a brandy. It is simple. It is one of our fantasies. So, you know, maybe invite a friend round as well. That is another one. But that's for another episode, the threesome episode. But yeah, you need to get really stuck into the sexy time right then and there. You know, if you have a nice soft rug, you put the fire on, open fire, you're making love on the rug. You know, that is a piece of rug on the rug, for sure. You're going deep, you're going fast, you're going sensual. Just 
do not ejaculate into the rug. It is a very persistent stain and awful to remove from a, a fur rug. See, see. It is the next day, the morning after. You know, maybe this is the first time she has stayed over or he has stayed over at yours. You've got to assess each other. You know, you've had a lot of wine and paella and Carlos Santana. You take each other out. You like what you see? You make arrangements for further dates. You might even have another little roll around right then and there. Hmm. Think about it. If your bedsheets are full of makeup or back hair, you kick that motherfucker out. You order that bus on a taxi and you never see them again. Block them. Block them on the Tinder or the Grindr or whatever the fucking hell you use. Then, you do it all again the next night. I've been Andy Diablo. It's been a pleasure sharing with you my secrets of the love. Go forth and bang as many people as you can. See, adios. There's tragic, we've covered a lot of news stories today. We've covered quite a bit of good news, bad news, uh, cat kitten news, cat kitten, kicking cats. Kick, I can't kick, say kick it. Kicking man, you kick cats. news as well. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I've got a really, really bad news. You know me, right? Growing up in Thornsey Road in Thornaby, then Lanehouse Road in Thornaby, I was a massive fan of the neighbours. Yeah, I know, but that's only because they used to get dre- undressed in front of the like window and they used to get the knocks out and that and they used to have a quick frack. <laughs> I'm not on about bloody big big chubby shell next door. I'm on, I'm on about the TV show, Neighbours. It might be getting axed from Channel 5. Yeah, no way. Are you joking? Yeah, and that really upsets me because I probably had, you know... 90% of my most memorable tugs have been over neighbours. The other 10% probably home and away, or there might have been the odd crossroads tug in there as well. Uh, but mainly neighbours over the years, and it's quite upsetting that it's going to be no longer on the television for me to just, like, pop it on and have a tug. Well, I, yeah, there's been some quality flange in there, though, hasn't there, if you don't mind me saying, and there's been some quality todger for all you girls. Fuck the todger. We are going to cover off Ted's top... Aussie flange from Neighbours. Um, I don't know if they're all Aussie or not, but they're all flange from Neighbours. Uh, do us another one of them, like a do, 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 Ted's top five flange. Do, 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 Ted's top five flange. In at five. That's right. In at five is the very beautiful Annalise Hartman. Now, you may remember her as Kimberly Davies is her real name. And she played the role of Annalise Hartman. She was a beautiful, beautiful blonde temptress in Neighbours. Um, and I think she got married to a vicar, if I remember rightly. Did she have massive knocks? Uh, no, she married... Um, oh, he was called... Uh, Sam Kratz. He was a mechanic. She married him. So he was a vicar. No, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Um but I think she, no, I think she married him in real life. Um, actually, that um, that Sam Kratz, um, um, the actor Richard Grieve, if I may add so, do you know what I mean? But anyway, Annalise Hartman was a very, very beautiful blonde temptress with a bust. Oh, the bust! Look at that picture there, Mala, of that bust. Can oh, you see? well, is that Nelson? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You mean, you mean an ox? Yeah, I see she, what you mean. She was absolutely... Oh, she was just... Look at them. Yeah, well, I, that's class. Oh, yeah, but I was... Uh, I, I probably... I knocked out loads of cheeky tugs over over Annalise in Neighbours, but she only made it in the top five. Shall we move on to number four? Well, I... At number four. Yeah, number four is household favourite Libby Kennedy. Libby Kennedy, played by... Why, fucking Libby Kennedy. Played (laughs) by the beautiful Kim Valentine. Now, a little story about this. Uh, When I was at university, there was a very, uh, very beautiful um, receptionist. Just to tell everybody that you were a janitor at uni and you're like like in a thing where he plays it and he's doing that stuff where he's actually a math magician. Uh, yeah, that movie. You were like the janitor, <laughs> weren't you? I was, I was, yeah. But uh, the beautiful Libby Kennedy actually uh, helped me through some very difficult times. She uh, she joined the show in 1994, and uh, I probably had 1,994 wanks over her as well. And there was, uh, like I said, a, a, um, a clerical assistant at the University of Teesside who looked very much like her. And um, I went on the Tuxedo Royale, the revolving dance floor, and got fired into a big time. Well, I, that was a revolving poke, that one. It, it was, yeah, it was. The only time I've ever fingered a lass while spinning around. Well, I, class. Uh, it didn't Carly Minogue do spinning around? She might have. Oh. And does she feature in the top five? We'll have to wait and see. But Livy Kennedy is number four. <laughs> Number three. Number three is the very, very beautiful Flick Scully. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of ladies had a flick over her as well with the old Scully flaps. Uh, She was an absolutely beautiful um, piece of fluff played by the very beautiful Holly Valance, who uh, was also in movies with Liam Neeson. Um, uh, She was in Taken with Liam Neeson, believe it or not. She was the pop singer. song as well? She did, yeah. It was called, uh, oh, what was it called? I don't know, but she was class. I remember Holly Valance. She was like, when Britney Spears was getting dirty, she was like, well, I'm going to be dirtier. She was. She was like a cross between Aguilera and Spears. And the song was called Kiss Kiss. That's um, it. And I, oh, I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. Ah, she was so, so beautiful. Um, I think it went something along the lines of um, the song was Kiss Kiss. Chuck your shirt in. Down by. City ain't big enough. Cocktails and parties. Whoop. <laughs> 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 I'm sure that was the tune that it went by as well. <laughs> but it had like a sort of like, you know, like Indian sort of vibe to it. Because yeah, you know you're going to get my kiss, kiss. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Holly Valance. Um, yeah, she did another song called Down Boy, which was after something that I sent her in the post. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, number three was a beautiful flick scully, Holly Valance. Do, 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 do. 
do number two. Oh, in that number two, bit of a shock for you. It is Charlene Robinson, played by Kylie Minogue. Right, um, how, how dare you? Because I know you've put it number one. I'm going to fight you. I am going to fight you now because I'm telling you now, there's only one Minogue in this place that deserves to be number one. And it isn't who you're going to put there. I'm telling you now, Ted. Danny Minogue wasn't in Neighbours. She was in Home and Away, if that's what you're thinking. So will I, honestly. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yes. Oh, right, uh, I'll forgive you then, the yeah. saucy little So, links. Charlene Robinson is in at number two there uh, as the uh, from the beautiful Carly Minigio. Uh, and she married Jason Donovan, didn't she? It was Hello. Scott Together uh, Robinson, yeah. We and you can be... Together, do you remember that? From the Especially episode? for you, I'm gonna bend you over now and scuttle your flu. <laughs> <laughs> that was the when the Venga Boys released the version of it. <laughs> the Aldi Brothers, the brothers yeah. version. <laughs> it was the dirty version. Yeah, but yeah, Kylie, Kylie and Jason. Fuck Jason, he was all about Kylie. Um, he just went and did loads of drugs, and she just probably did the same with Michael Hutchins as well. But oh, 1985. Didn't Robbie Williams get fired? I, I, I think a lot of a lot of people have. No, didn't did Williams do Kylie or did he do Nicole Kidman? I think it was Kylie because they didn't do the song together. He did I a think. Christmas song with Kidman as well. Yeah, I and I think was... he fired into Kidman. He's done Minigio and he's done nearly all the Spice Girls. The class arsehole Kylie, and she's the <sighs> best in the world. I'm just. Spunk and thinking about it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, but she's number two. Who do you think's going to be my number one, Mala? Let's wait and see. In a number one. Oh, in at number one is uh, a very, very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lady uh, played by the actress uh, Caroline Gilmer. Yes, it was the rather, rather sexy and sultry Cheryl Stark. Where's Madge Mangle? I was was thinking about Helen Robinson, uh, Helen Daniels, sorry, and I was thinking about Susan Kennedy, uh, and I was thinking about uh, Madge as well. About uh, her? I would have had to go on vouch as well. But Cheryl Stark. Oh, she was Lou Stark's wife. Do you remember her? She looked a bit like Julia Weaves. <laughs> <laughs> remember? Because she, she reminds me about Julia and I've still not got over her. And um, well, like, it, She's a big girl. It takes a while to get over just, her. I love the back-combed hair, the, uh, the beautiful green eyes and the cheeks that look like they were full of balls. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful Cheryl Stark. Dark. And there was a point in Shell Stark where she took ill for eight weeks, and instead of like writing out the show, they just replaced her with another Shell Stark who looked nothing like her. Uh, but I still had a couple of little tugs over the new Shell Stark. Is it that, that like when you put that other Mallor in for me that time? <laughs> <laughs> when I put in uh, when I put in um, Indian Mallor, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You were never allowed to broadcast him. I wasn't. No, he was. Uh, he was so racist. He really was. But yeah, so that is me top five neighbours flange please don't cancel it um but i've still got the memories and probably still the really hard sock as well yeah oh mala 
<laughs> that was me doing an impression. Oh, Mala, it's time to end the show. Are you going to leave us this week properly? Or are you well, going to just fuck yeah, off in a puff what, of right? smoke? No, no, I tell you what, right? It's about that time when I know he's going to be leaving that theatre soon at the Globe, and you know we only live at the Green Dragon. So, Brian Cox, you better put your mouth guard in because I'm coming for you this time. Eh, tell me the earth is flat. You're going to be flat out. Eh, I've seen a bit, Ted. So, you learnt the malady. He's off over the Globe to spark out Professor Brian Cox, who's going to no doubt be amazed by what the world looks like when sparked out by Mallor. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. That is another episode done and dusted of Ted Talks, the Ted Anky podcast. It's proper class and that, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, big thank you to the sponsors of the podcast, Showcake Comedy and Jokepit.com. Showcake Comedy providing comedy nights left, right and centre all over the place. Jokepit.com selling you the tickets. Uh, it's a platform and it's great and it promotes comedy and it promotes this one as well, which is always nice. Yeah. A uh, little reminder to the Hanky Panky Comedy Club is back at Beer and Beer on Friday February the 25th and uh, it's selling rather well so if you want some tickets go to jokepit.com or go to my Facebook socials grab your tickets early there's not many left um, it's booked in monthly right the way until the end of the year um, also got a new night starting at the Swan in Billingham where I'm hosting that um, I don't know if it'll be regular for me but I'm doing the first one and that is on uh, Friday March the 18th and uh, rumour has it I might be starting a little hanky panky sort of new act night in Stockton as well venue to be announced very soon <laughs> we'll get some uh, some alright comedians on and then we'll get a class one at the end and I'll do the bits in between to keep you up and tickle as simple as that really um, but yeah uh, listen buzzing buzzing after the Borough win um, alright we might have lost uh, lost some momentum there with the draw against QPR we should have won that one as well uh, so it's been two good performances um, looking forward to the remainder of the season uh, with Wilder Ball, as it's known as now. Um, but listen, have a great week. Um, please share the podcast around. Invite your friends, um, your family, uh, neighbour. You might have a one-night stand. Get them to listen to it as well. Or listen to the podcast. Share it about. I need more listeners. Um, I'm going to be launching my own T-shirt shop soon as well with some proper class designs. Honestly, watch this space. The world is me oyster. Oysters, it really is. Is it where does your oysters or is it the, the world is your calamari? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be one of them. So listen, look after yourselves. Up the borough and believe.